Welcome to Critical Value, the podcast from the Urban Institute that explores issues of significance for research, policy, and people. I'm your host, Justin Milner. Let's start with a statistic. Nearly one in seven children in the U.S. lives in poverty. One in seven equals about 10 million kids. And what does poverty mean? Well, a family of four is considered poor if their income is below about $26,000. The point is that a lot of kids are growing up with not enough. But on today's episode, we're going to take a look at a new policy that could pull millions of those children out of poverty. We're going to do so by taking a nice little wonky dive into a part of the American Rescue Plan that hasn't gotten as much attention as it probably deserves. Now, as a reminder, the American Rescue Plan is the most recent pandemic stimulus passed by Congress and signed into law by President Biden in March. The ARP directs nearly $2 trillion to facilitate the U.S. recovery from the pandemic. And dollars are going to support unemployment, address eviction, it gives money to local government, missing tax dollars, support school districts, and a lot more. But the funds are also going to an expanded child tax credit. Here's President Biden in his address to Congress last week. In March, we expanded tax credit for every child in a family up to $3,000 per child if you're under six years of age. I mean, excuse me, under, over six years of age. And $3,600 for children over six years of age. With two parents, two kids, that's $7,200 in the pockets to get to help take care of your family. And that will help more than 65 million children and help cut childcare poverty in half. We can afford it. To learn more about the child tax credit and why it matters, we spoke with Elaine Mogg, an expert with the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center. The American Rescue Plan reduces poverty for everyone from about 14% to 9%. But for families with children, it reduces it from 14% to 7%. We see the greatest effects among Black families and Hispanic families So this is pretty remarkable, right? But how will this child tax credit business work? Let's start at the beginning. The child tax credit was implemented in 1997. It was a $400 non-refundable credit. It was intended to go to middle-income families, and it could only be used to offset your taxes. And that credit immediately grew to $500. And then there were several other stages where it grew again. Um, It doubled to $1,000. And then we started adding provisions to make the credit partially refundable so some people could receive a tax refund. And the fact that the credit is refundable is really important for key communities. The fundability piece is relevant for low-income families, and that's because everybody gets to earn a certain amount of income before you begin paying taxes. And if you're low-income, you don't have enough money to actually owe tax on it. So we can't deliver tax benefits to you unless we create refundable credits. In the prior version of the child tax credit, we estimate there are 27 million children who were living in families that couldn't get the full value of the tax credit simply because their parents didn't earn enough. So let's take a minute to let that sink in. 27 million children did not receive supports they were eligible for because their parents didn't earn enough. And it's important to note that this didn't impact all families equally. To provide just a little more context, 
This largely was a way that African-American and Hispanic and Native American families were excluded from the full benefit of the credit. Roughly half of all of those groups of children weren't able to get the full value of the credit just because their parents didn't earn enough. In contrast, when we see white families not get the credit, it's because their incomes are too high and the credit has actually phased out. So the child tax credit wasn't reaching everyone who needed it. And the expansion of this credit in the American Rescue Plan aims to close that gap and reach people who have largely been left out of the benefit. But that's not all. The American Rescue Plan changes the way the child tax credit is calculated in three ways. The most important thing it does is make the credit fully refundable. So even very low income families receive the maximum credit. The second thing it does is it increases the amount of the credit. So it used to be a credit for up to $2,000 per child. Now it's $3,000 per child if you're under age 18 or $3,600 if you're under age six. The other thing it does that will be revolutionary for low-income families, hopefully, is that it allows the IRS to deliver the credit in advance of filing a tax return. And that could happen as early as July. You might see monthly payments or you might see two quarterly payments. That's important because families with low incomes often have less consistent paychecks that vary from month to month. The reasoning behind this is low-income families sort of get hit in two directions. The first is there's not enough resources in the household. But the second is resources are bouncing around up and down. You might be low income because you're working part-time, you're working seasonal work, Your hours are inconsistent, and so you're faced with resources coming up and down, but your needs aren't rotating with those resources. You need to eat every month, you need to pay your rent every month, and you need to pay your childcare bill every month. That turns out not to be good for children because, of course, needs don't bounce around with income. You need to eat every month, you need to you know, pay your rent on a monthly basis. These recurring bills are important to your quality of life. By advancing part of the credit in a regular way, we hope that families will have a steady stream of resources that they can put toward these important expenses in their children's lives. And it's important to note that the full tax credit will be available to virtually all families that make under $150,000. Elaine says it's hard to overstate how big of an accomplishment the expansion of the child tax credit was. This is a really big deal, but it's a real recognition that whether your parents work or not, children are deserving of some base level of assistance. We've had this series of policies that really focused on getting people to work, and we thought that was the way out of poverty, but not working. But those policies end up punishing children. And children cannot go to work for good reason. And so this is a recognition that we ought to be providing some minimum level of assistance. So why does delivering this child tax credit to families matter so much? There's a lot of research out there that suggests living in poverty is harmful for children and it harms them at all stages. Brains don't develop in the way that well-resourced children's brains develop. We see children do poorly in school when they are living in poverty. They are less likely to graduate from high school. They are less likely to get good-paying jobs later on. These disadvantages then hang with children throughout their lifetime. If we could reverse some of that early on, we could see a lifetime of benefits accrue to these children But Elaine says the research shows that policies like the expanded child tax credit really work for low-income families. 
I think the most efficient thing we can do is to focus on cash benefits, whether it's through the tax system or another system is not particularly important to me. But I think low-income families know how to solve their problems. We make it difficult for people to get the resources they need when we require you to go to, you know, eight different offices to get this little piece of your life figured out. Cash benefits could be inclusive and empower people to be able to solve their own problems. Gaynell Brady is executive director at the Laura Ninth Ward Homeownership Association in New Orleans. She said she sees every day in her community how people can use the financial support from the expanded child tax credit. Those payments are going to impact much as the same as stimulus payments. Like people are really going to be using those funds to make sure that they have utility service, they have internet services, buying the technology that their kids need to succeed in school. Also, just paying bills, basic necessities, right? Like I don't see anybody using these funds to go to Paris. Like people are really like trying to survive and buying uh, the, the extra things that they wouldn't normally buy. Like if we think about the amount of money that we spent on like personal protection equipment for the pandemic, face masks, uh, hand sanitizer and all that stuff, that's an extra expense on our families. And as a mom with kids, I know I spent a ton of money on hand sanitizer, especially for my toddler. And that's an extra expense many in Gaynell's community can't afford to bear. Especially when we were all having a huge fight. Remember toilet paper fight and just being able, can I afford this big case? Do I buy it? What, no. Can I borrow a couple of rolls? That kind of situation. Just creating security for our families, those people with multiple people living in a household with multiple different needs, right? Like even our kids with special needs, we need to think about like the services and resources that they need. Here's Gaynell's colleague, M.A. Sheehan, Director of Housing Preservation at the Lower Ninth Ward Homeownership Association. I wanted to give an example, too. We have a homeowner we work with named Miss Bobby, and We've helped her with a number of things. And now her more elderly mother is living with her. And now she has her three grandchildren. And it's another one of those examples where nothing happens in a vacuum. She's dealing with Corona. Now she's dealing with her mother. Now she's dealing with her three grandchildren. And those new payments from the tax credit is going to be unbelievable for her. It's going to make all the difference in the world. She'll be able to claim her grandchildren as dependents and feed them. It's as simple as that. Her food stamps are tiny and Mm -hmm. she's driving her mother to dialysis every day and it'll really help her take care of her family. It's important to remember that even though the newly expanded child tax credit reaches a lot more people, there will still be families that are left out of the system and don't have access to this benefit. Almost everyone, particularly families with children, files a tax return. So the IRS knows where a lot of families with children are and they'll be able to deliver benefits. But there is an important group of people who do not interact with the tax system. They tend to be families without children. But even among families with children, there are likely people who we would call non-filers. The IRS has to find a way to bring them into the system. In the Lower Ninth Ward, Gaynell works with a lot of people who are disconnected from the tax system. The thing that we serve most for at the Homeownership Association is just being able to connect them to technology. A lot of people, they don't have access to computers. They don't have access to Internet. So being those fingertips for them and connecting them with a device and Internet services. M.A. says it's a systemic issue that affects some people a lot more than others. 
this is not about the checks themselves. The issue that we discovered with the stimulus payments, there is no way to apply for a stimulus payment without going on a computer. And that is systemic discrimination against so many people. And we can work on that little by little, trying to find the people and trying to bring them into our office and sit six feet apart and fill out the applications for them. But we're talking millions and millions of people across the country. M.A. says the IRS will need to get creative in order to find people who don't have access to computers and don't file taxes. It's time for the IRS to set up a phone system where individual people can put in their information and get what they're entitled to. And that's infrastructure, right? That's a big job. But if they do it for businesses, they can do it for individuals. And that's the kind of thing that I think we need to make sure that what we do is effective and is reaching the people who need it the most. Elaine agrees. They might need to team up with an agency like Social Security, for example, who sends payments out to children on SSI a regular basis. We might be able to find some people there. It might also just be a real ground effort of nonprofits and people who work with people traditionally not connected to the safety net to alert them that they're going to be eligible for a benefit. It's definitely going to be tricky to get the word out. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who are surprised when that first payment arrives. The commissioner of the IRS did state in a testimony to Congress recently that they were already working with over 11,000 organizations that are in low and middle income communities that will help to get the word out. Those relationships are going to be critical to the success of the program. And there will be failures. People will be left behind. That's where people like Gaynell and the Lower Ninth Ward Homeownership Association come in. So even though we're the Lower Ninth Ward Homeownership Association, we care about the whole person. And we want to make sure that you have food and that you're aware of like the different options that you have to pay your tax bill. And I fear without an organization like that, I just feel that they'll have a set of people within our community who wouldn't have access to information. And without information, it's almost like you're powerless. So I really applaud my coworkers for like standing in there and like really helping in a way that people will say, well, that doesn't fit within a mission. Since the start of the pandemic, Gaynell and M.A. have been hard at work doing outreach about federal assistance and will do the same on the child tax credit. It's really been interesting. We are doing more, obviously, online stuff. We used to do all of our community meetings in person, which was great. We can't do those anymore. We haven't been able to do those. We started doing Zoom and Facebook Live, which cuts out people, but it also ends up reaching more people because more people can come. But to try to reach the people that used to come to the meetings in person, we've been doing more mailings because we got to get it into their hands, not just onto their screens. One of the things that we do know of in the Lower Ninth Ward, there are some people who are getting information through social media. So, for example, my mom isn't on Facebook, but she knows about everything that's happening on Facebook. So we're able to share out any resources we have through our social media pages, often through our website. The beauty of it being a Lower Ninth Ward is that information passes a lot word of mouth. So even when we have people who are on our outreach team out in the community, flyering, pass on information, pass my phone number. Hey, if you need anything, give me a call. Hey, did you know about the stimulus check? Did you receive yours? 
Does someone need help with it? Call into our office. We're checking messages, signage on our doors. Some of it seems very like old school, but that is some of the things that really work in a lower ninth ward. Emma notes that this work is challenging and there's a lack of funding, but she has lots of ideas for the way the IRS can better reach people who qualify for the expanded child tax credit and may not receive it. Passing a bill in Washington is fabulous, but it has to get to the people who need it. So we need to hire a community engagement specialist who does nothing but trying to find the people who need help. And we don't have the money to do it. So some of these programs, it would be really helpful to think about. We are relying on people on the ground to get the word out, but they don't have money themselves. So I think that is something to to consider. The IRS does have some programs for helping people get assistance with their taxes or specifically for elderly people called VITA. They help people file their taxes and often hopefully that gets you a refund. I think that that program should be expanded to people who qualify for the child tax credit. A lot of them won't have filed taxes before and they may need help, especially in this first year. M.A. and Gaynell say the assistance provided through the American Rescue Plan is crucial because the road to recovery is going to be a long one. This hits more home for me because a lot of this stuff will be lifted closer to the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, which is an event that really hits my family hard every year. In other words, we don't need any more surprises in the Lower Ninth War. We're still trying to recover. We're still trying to get homes rebuilt. Even though the storm happened 15 years ago, we do have a lot of hurdles to home ownership in the Lower Ninth Ward. And I don't want people to assume because you see one part of the city well put together that things are like that in the Lower Ninth Ward. It's not. We are still struggling to bring homeowners home. What happens when there's such a long-term economic catastrophe, you don't get out of it in a couple of weeks. Like Gaynell said, people are using their stimulus checks to pay their car insurance for the next few months or to catch up with their car insurance or their cell phone bills. That's a long-term process. And like they, they're saying, the economy is going to take five years to recover. So the need for financial assistance doesn't end with the vaccine. As always, we'll close with some key takeaways. Here are three things to remember. One, the child tax credit is a big deal for American families. The newly expanded credit will provide crucial financial support for many and reduce poverty by half for families with children. Two, the American Rescue Plan changes the child tax credit in three ways. It makes the credit fully refundable, it increases the amount of the credit, and it allows the IRS to deliver the credit in advance of filing a tax return. And three, despite this huge expansion, there will still be families who are left out and there's a huge need to get the word out about the benefit. That's where local outreach comes in. Organizations who can get the word out about this will be critical to the success of the expanded child tax credit. So that's our show. Big thank you to Elaine Mogg at the Tax Policy Center and Gaynell Brady and M.A. Sheehan at the Lower Ninth Ward Homeownership Association. You can read more about their work at www.l9wha.org. As always, if you have a minute, please hit us up with a rating on iTunes or even leave a review. We love hearing from you and always appreciate the support. Big thank you to producers Jacinth Jones and Katie Smith. 
And thanks as always to our sound editor, Riley Byrne from Podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. Our theme music is by Moby. For everyone on the Critical Value team and on behalf of my two kids that continue to be co-producers, Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Goodbye. Adios.